As a day has 24 hours, a car has 4 wheels and we 2 legs, there are 5 properties that a goal should have to be called a goal. Hey friends and welcome back or if it's your first time here, hi my name is Maria, I'm a 16 year old student at German high school and you're listening to the Lifelong Learning Podcast. This episode is part of our self-learning series so make sure to check out episode 31 to get a basic idea of what this series is actually about. Last time we talked about this perfect balance between hard and soft skills that we get through combining our hobbies in school. So today we are going to focus on how to actually find this ratio which is essential if we want this system to run smooth. If one takes up too much energy and time, the other would soften in performance and this could be more or less disastrous depending on how much the balance is disturbed and in which direction. So before we start, we have to define what our priority should be, which component should have more space. And this doesn't depend on me or on anyone else. I can only show you my approach and you can take this of course as an inspiration, but to really find the best solution that actually works for you, you'll have to ask this question yourself. For me, a hobby is something that I do on my own will, using a free time around school and other mandatory appointments, so it's a limited time that I have. And because nobody cares whether I'm doing it or not, it sometimes requires quite a good amount of discipline, which also is limited throughout the day and requires a strong why. You will find plenty of episodes around this topic on this channel. Just um, search for it like at the beginning, at the first episodes, I made tons of episodes about techniques and methods to find it out. To sum it up, a hobby is not school. This is something I think we can all agree on, because we can't pretend to dedicate 5 hours every single day to our hobbies, it would just drain ourselves, making it impossible to care for either of the two. For me, a hobby should be something I enjoy, something that gives me different impulses compared to school and not steal even more of my energy. A bit of a challenge is always good to keep some sort of excitement, no question, but for me a hobby is also a space where I know I don't have to give always 100%, where I can focus on the experience and not on the outcome. It shouldn't become like a second school, you know? And up until now I've been talking about our hobby, but I think most of us have multiple hobbies and interests and in this case it is even more important to set a limit that we can deal with. And this also means cutting back on some plans and if you listen to episode 30, you know how hard it can be, but it's essential to keep up certain expectations and quality standards. I will try to make things easier for you. Think about 10 hobbies that you would like to pursue, just write them down without any specific order and once you did that, you're going to choose 3 hobbies. One, which will bring you results in a fairly short period of time one that does it in a long period of time and one where you simply focus on the experience, relax and not care about the outcome. And with this system, I think you're always going to be provided with positive experiences and still have a safe space where you can let yourself go without thinking about perfection and ambition. The most difficult part of the plan? Forgetting about the other seven hobbies, at least until the three we chose are at least at an intermediate level. And here's why. As we already know, the first step is the most time and energy consuming, simply because we have to get used to something different that we don't know. 
but once we are more familiar, we don't see the other new steps that we have to take as boring because adapting to unknown things becomes a routine, which leaves us with extra time we can spend into something else. Going back to our three activities, at the time you start, you are at level zero. You maybe roughly know what you can expect, what it will be like, but nothing more. That's the getting used to phase. For language learning, for example, it is getting used to use a foreign alphabet or sound, or playing an instrument, reading music and practicing. These are all inputs and actions we first have to adapt to and create a routine around, which, as we already know, doesn't instantly work. But after a while, learning a new grammar point won't be something new because you already learned many before, or learning a new piece because you got used to new input from that activity. And I hope that this explanation is clearer than before. I am quite complicated, I have to admit. Now that we have our hobbies, the next step is setting our goals, except for one. Remember the relaxing hobby? There's no way that by setting a goal we still act as we didn't have expectations. It's like we would try to study in bed and we all know what happens and what not happens. For the other two hobbies, goals are the fuel for the discipline we talked about earlier and we've already learned many techniques on this channel but today I wanted to show you the so-called SMART method. I use this method specifically for my hobbies to create that structure and environment around my activity to keep things realistic and have a sense of order, a sense of knowing what I'm doing as if someone else established this rule. And this method is called by what are the five properties that a goal should have. Simple, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. Smart. At the end, we're going to formulate a sentence including all these factors, but first, let's quickly go over these and see a few concrete examples. Number one, simple. Don't overcomplicate things. The more obstacles there are between us and us accomplishing the task, the more likely we're not going to overcome ourselves and our laziness. It's like a chemical reaction. The more energy is needed to start, the more you have to put in. Otherwise, the reaction either won't start or only very slowly. You can still add more later, but for the beginning, less is more. Number 2. Measurable You know the feeling when you've been learning hard for an exam, went through tough times and you get your results back and see that the hard work paid off? That's what we're looking for, working towards a result that we can see which generates the pure motivation and activates the motivation cycle, which we talked about in the very first series, so please go check that out as well. Number 3. Achievable As for simplicity, less is more. At the very beginning we don't have any scale we can use and in order to create one without frustration, start slowly. That's the beauty of hobbies, most of the times we have as much time as we want, we don't have to rush. You are automatically going to set higher expectations, but even then, don't go at next, you never know what might happen that would ruin your progress. Number 4. Relevant This actually goes hand in hand with measurable. We have to see the point in what we're doing, we need this feeling of working with purpose, because no one else will do it for us, at least the majority. Time is precious, energy is precious, and our body and mind know that. So if they don't find relevant what we're doing, they're not collaborating. That's life. Number 5. Time bound. 
I think I already mentioned Parkinson's law in an episode, but to sum it up in one sentence, the time you need to finish a task dilates to the time limit you set. Is that even an English sentence? I don't know. Let's assume it was. We're going to chat about that in another episode, and in fact, I think it's the next episode, but for now, we just need a limit, a deadline. Again, something that's realistic, but here we have to be careful not to plan too much. A good rule of thumb for me is to take away the procrastination time and still not have the feeling of having to rush and deliver a low quality result. It's a bit tricky, you need some runs to master it, but it makes you save a lot of time and we're going to talk about it deeply in the next episode. And that's the whole magic behind this method. Actually pretty easy if it wasn't explained by me, so I think it's time for some examples. Let's say we want to learn a language, which is what I currently do as well, and our weak point is vocabulary. They just won't go into our brain and we do not really learn them regularly. But as we want um, to take a test in two weeks and we want to learn 14 words, we can't get around. And that's when our smart goals come into play. First, simplicity, something that we can't misunderstand. Here it is quite obvious, learn those vocabularies. We can measure our result with the vocabulary test. If we pass it, great. If not, probably something went wrong. Now we need point number three, achievable. That depends on what our schedule and discipline does look like. Three words a day, maybe four. And what a coincidence, you have 14 days to learn 14 words. So actually, one a day would be enough, but to keep some days free in case of any inconvenience, I would aim to two to four a day. And next step, relevant. Let's assume we need this test to apply to a scholarship, or we simply want to know if our learning methods work. Here you have your relevance. And the last one is already given, we have 14 days, no more, no less. To sum up, we can say that our goal is to study, let's say, two words a day for seven days to learn 14 vocabulary items required to pass the vocabulary test needed for our scholarship that takes place in 14 days. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our smart goal, one that can't be misunderstood and that is so crystal clear that even a four-year-old would understand. It's a bit long, but contains all the five properties that define a smart goal. And from day one, you have to breathe, live, and incorporate this sentence into your mind. Okay, maybe I'm going too far, remembering it will just be fine, but printing it on a poster and be reminded every time you see it is probably the best solution. And because of that, you're going to find a PDF with a smart goal template which you can print out or set as a wallpaper or whatever makes you see it anytime you need it. Just download it from the show notes and you're good to go. I will let you go in a moment, but before that, let's just quickly wrap up this episode. First, thanks so much for staying tuned till the end despite my sometimes very confusing explanations. Don't forget to subscribe and share this channel with friends and family and whatever you need to tell me you can reach out to me through the links in the description or just go and have a look at my newsletter and Instagram account. Definitely worth it. For now, I wish you a wonderful time and I hope you're going to join me in the next episode. See you there!